From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour as we move into the new year and just Around the corner, we're going to be saying uh, next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Well, not this Wednesday, but in about four weeks, four four to five weeks. And uh, we're beginning the uh, Lent and the Easter season, and on we go. We're pleased to welcome in Jennifer Campbell, the director of Camp Pendola. Hi. Good to have you with us in person. In person. We won't have any phone issues this time, so did it, that's good. Did it snow up at the camp? You know, I, I'm not sure if it snowed at camp. I know it snowed in Colfax, so I'm going to guess About that it's snowed. About the same altitude, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I don't I don't know how much that's going to snow anymore. Um, it shows rain in the forecast, which could easily oh. turn to snow. Yes. <laughs> Colf- my, my, uh, one, of, one of my daughters who's involved in the Newman Center at Davis, uh, she's on their board or yeah. something. Yeah. She said, oh, they're having a retreat this weekend in Colfax. And She's it, so excited at Trinity Pines. It's probably going to snow. Yeah. <laughs> There'll probably be some snow remnants on yeah. the ground. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Or maybe it'll snow again. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. So Tr- Trinity Pines is mm-hmm. not Camp Pendola. Camp Pendola is uh, a little bit uh, what, what, what is it? north. North. Of, of there. East? Yeah, a little bit east as yeah. well, probably. But mostly north. Mostly north. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half north of Colfax. Um, and it is a completely different world sometimes, it feels like, when you're yeah. at the camp. Because um, we are, it's a pretty secluded area where we're just surrounded by the Tahoe National Forest. So we have that benefit of being <coughs> truly out in nature. And there's no streetlights. <laughs> that <laughs> always throws off the kids. But it does allow you to see way more stars. As long as that say, cloud cover, boy. that cloud cover, sometimes we're like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. But but it, it is it is amazing when you get away from what they call light pollution, that it's just unbelievable. How the, there yeah. are more stars than you can imagine. Well, and we have, I mean, we have campers that, you know, haven't gone camping before, yeah. maybe, and live in Sacramento or Roseville or any of the like more populated areas. Yeah. And you really can't see stars yeah i mean you can see a few the really bright ones but um it doesn't seem they don't seem to pepper the sky like you can see you know i mean uh, i know we have Mm -hmm. we have one of the street lights just between our home and the next home you know and and you go out to to watch the eclipse of the moon or something (laughs) you're going Oh, if that street light was if that street light would know, only shut off for a second. Then when you go for a, go to walk the dog or something, you're really happy the street lights. Exactly. There. You know, it's not exactly light pollution, but it yeah. it I mean, there's a reason we have all these lights in the There's in the a definite reason, but there's yeah. also a definitely necessity for everyone to take oh, yeah. some time and to escape that light pollution. And you don't you really, don't have to get very far. No, you really don't yeah. in, in most Especially in our diocese, we're pretty blessed. That you can take a little ride in the country and get pretty much away from any light. And, and then you can really, again, get to yeah. have that experience. And that's one of those things that's very special about Camp Pandola that when in the summer that, you know, we have that opportunity. And we have a chaplain who loves astronomy. Mm-hmm. So we're really blessed with Father Dean. He does, he'll write up a little lesson 
um, when he's there. And sometimes he'll he'll email me one <laughs> that I can share with campers later in the summer. So um, do you generally have a chaplain every week? Every, during the, during the summer, during the summer, yeah, during the camp. During the camp, we have a chaplain up there. That's um, wonderful. Every week, and I'm working with um, two of our, our priests this year um, to help you know make sure all the weeks are covered, every day is covered, um, as well as kind of um, change and adjust the the actual like chaplaincy program we have at Pendola um, to make it sure that it's it's helpful to me to the staff. Um, and for our campers. Yeah. I had the pleasure of working with Father Dean one time calling the priest seminary and oh. basketball game, and he was my cohort <laughs> on the microphone, and it was so much fun. Yeah, no, and he has such a love for camp, and the other um, priest that's working closely with us on this is Father Ryan Mahar, and mm-hmm. he, again, has a deep um, love for the camp, for the program and what we're doing Um and so, were the other of them campers? Do you know? I well, yes, I do actually. I know that Father Mar was. Um, he used to go to retreats up there when he was uh-huh. in high school, and we um, we have all these old photos, and we found him in a couple. Oh of well, photos. That's so great. it was kind of funny. He was like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> like I thought so. <laughs> so um, it's really nice to have people who have like a history of the of the place um, and an appreciation of what we're doing, and see you know, the changes that we've made, it's not the same camp it was in the 90s or early 2000s. And not that that isn't a good thing, that it could be the same, but like it's got to change with the needs of our campers and um, the staff that we have. And so we're, that's part of the reason we do this, like have, we try to have a chaplain there all week, mm-hmm. and which is not something that they've, that was always done in the past. Um, and so it's been, been kind of nice to have somebody up there that's, um, that can t- that can handle the the spiritual needs of our campers and staff, and so I can focus on some of the safety concerns and the other <laughs> all of the other pieces of camp, because um, it's hard to be someone's boss and they're like and lead them spiritually. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> it is a challenge. Um, you know, because <laughs> you want to be uplifting and life giving, and then not at the same time <laughs> you'd be like, could you not do that that yeah. way? Not only is God watching you, Jennifer's watching you. Exactly, and then that's that can be a little awkward. So, yeah. So we try to. That that's part of the reason that this is so important. And so, describe your day at camp. Um, my day at camp. Well, it does vary depending on what's happening at camp and what our crazy campers have done, or crazy staff have done. Um, but in general, um, my day starts, um, a little earlier are you the first one out of bed i'm not um i the kitchen crew is usually the first um Mm -hmm. unless i need to go and help in the kitchen yeah um but i'm one of the first and i am there when the campers start coming down the hill um for they have some free time before we start our morning and what what time is that um depends on the day but generally between 7 and 7 30 okay um i want to i try to be in the office or getting my coffee by 7.30 so that as the campers come down, I can greet them and the staff and see how the night Are works. they reluctantly getting out of bed or excitedly getting out of bed? or? <laughs> I think it depends on the camper. Yeah. Some Just like some of us are morning people and some yeah. of them, yeah, some of them are morning people and are like, woohoo, and the others yeah. are like, could you just take it down to like <laughs> yeah. a three? Yeah. Um, and I appreciate both because I grew up my parents are both morning people and i and myself and my brother no we're not 
Yeah. So I'm like, please just uh, three. A three is good. Um, so yeah, we're greeting the campers in the morning and then breakfast and we're doing, and I do help with morning announcements at breakfast. Um, then I'm usually in the office <laughs> to do some of those. And breakfast is indoors. Indoors. We have a beautiful cafeteria um, and dining room. And then, so, but after breakfast, yeah, I'm doing a lot of my office work and then I will go and if I'm not leading an activity, sometimes I'll have to lead archery because I'm one of the archery specialists. Um, also, sometimes I lead an activity in the morning or um, just kind of go and observe the different activities. Then it's about lunchtime. <laughs> it feels like we just eat all day sometimes. Um, then it's lunchtime. Um, again, eat lunch with all the campers and then after and the staff. And then after lunch, um, try to help uh, help clean up and help set up for the afternoon activities while the kids are at what we call Bob time. <laughs> Bob time. <laughs> yes. Backs on bunks. Um, kind of our quiet hour, our rest hour, which is such an important part of the day, like for the staff, for the campers, for all of us to have at least an hour to like rest in the middle of the day. Um, and sometimes it's just quiet time. Sometimes the kids are just, we just ask them to be quiet in their, in their cabins. Like they can play cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we just say other people might be, might need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, yeah, so that's, again, that's a great quiet time for me <laughs> to get some work done. Um, and then I have to go pick up the mail at the post office. We have to drive that in. So that after Bob time, they come down with postcards for moms and dads. And so how, how, how long is the drive from, is it camp in Camptonville? It's in Camptonville. So that's like 10, 15, 15 minutes? Yeah, like 10, 15 minutes. Dirt road? Partially dirt road, yeah. So 10, 15 minutes in, 10, 15 minutes out after I've checked the mail throwing away the junk mail because even at camp we get the magazines that nobody wants. So parents are writing the kids? Parents are writing the kids and kid and grandmas and grandpas and siblings and um yeah and then we try to do like a pen pal program for our staff so they're getting mass they're getting mail from former staff or counselors. Um and then by the time I get back usually <laughs> from taking the mail we're into our second round of activities. Um, if I have to stop somewhere else, like sometimes I have to stop at the little general store and grab some supply we forgot to purchase over the weekend um, or buy treats for the staff, if to be honest. And then um, second, we have two we have two rounds of activities in the afternoon. Um, so I'm usually getting back around snack time. And then second round of activities. Um, again, I'm up going and observing or in the office waiting for someone to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's, I mean, basically my day is spent going out observing and then coming back into the office and trying to get a little bit of like some of the paperworky stuff we have to do yeah. and answering phone calls from parents who are calling to check in with their camper. We, we don't let the kids call. We just don't have the phone service um, right. or bandwidth to have every kid call home. They're only there for five right. days. So postcards and, but sometimes parents would like a phone, like, will call us to sure. check in on their camper. So doing those kind of things during the day um, and then helping getting ready for evening activities. I'd be calling 10 times a day. <laughs> we have a few of those parents and it's, it's, you do know about, uh, yes. did, did we send a note with her or him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's just, you never know. Just parents are parents are parents and it's their kid and I get it. So sure. you just, it's just funnier. You'll get mom call and then like 20 minutes later, dad calls <laughs> and you're like, well, I just spoke to your wife. Um, maybe text her. Yeah. <laughs> she can fill you in, but your daughter or your son is doing fine. And most of the time the campers are 
truly doing yeah, just fine. Doing fine. Yeah. It's um, you know, parents get home, parents are kids sick, is what I call it. Yeah, and, it's true. But they're not. The kid is their child is usually doing great, having fun, making friends, all of the things we expect. Um, you know, maybe not on day one. Day one is always a little rough for everyone. It's yeah. Because it's day one. It's a new experience. Sure. And if they didn't come with a friend, they're trying to make new friends and right. figure out where the bathroom is. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they know, but like we show them. Yeah. But, you know, you forget. <laughs> yeah. It's your first day there. Which where, where am I going? Which way? Yeah. So it's a, I mean, but a lot of it's a lot of answering phone calls and checking emails because parents do just email me, too. So that's that's. A, and what time do you get to bed? Um, usually about 11, 1130. Do you go right out? No. No? <laughs> no. You're running the day's events and tomorrow? Running the day's yeah. events in my head. Um, I try to fit into that some some journaling time for myself. So sometimes I'll do that in the middle of the day or that's something I do at night when most of the staff and campers are already in bed. So What, what year is this for you as a director? Well, I started in 2016. So seven, eight years. Yeah, something like that. It's wow. been a while. I know. Isn't that weird? It feels like yesterday, and yet it feels like I've been doing this job for a million years at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's much how I feel about COVID. It felt like it was 10 years ago and yesterday. Yeah. So it's that same kind of like time warpy thing for me. But yeah, I've been doing it for a while now. So. Has COVID ever been? You, you had to cancel camp. We did. We canceled it one year. But not we, not while camp was going on, no. but just prior. Just we're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, just prior. We had to cancel it in 2020. But we ended up doing some virtual camps, and those were really fun. So we still I got remember to, that. We still get to have that experience with some campers. And then we did a day camp, so we floated around to different parishes. That was a lot of fun. For me, it was really because it, we were just like a skeleton crew of staff. I had way more time with campers, um, which I really love um, to be able to actually spend time with the campers. Like, it's just I mean, that's why I've always I've always worked in children's programming because I enjoy their stories. I enjoy listening to them. I think it's funny. Even the ones that are like, I'm like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> you told me this story twice. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I still am like, okay, let's hear it again. Um, so that's yeah, I've always worked. But I've always worked with kids since I was in high school. So Did, were you a camper? I was not a camper at Pandola. Um I started I volunteered at Sacramento Zoo has a summer camp and I used to work at that and then I worked at the local parks and rec where mm -hmm. I where I'm from so I've always been involved in some kind of summer camps and <laughs> things like that forever it feels like yeah most cities have some kind of a it's usually a day camp it's usually a day camp and so that's what's so unique with this experience is it's not a day camp like it's a it's overnight camp and it helps kids like um, in talking to some of my staff previously who had been campers to staff, like I had um, Catella who had been, she was a camper from the time she was 10. And then last summer was her first summer not at camp. Um, and she, she talks about the confidence it gave her. Like, mm. and that's something that's so important with camp, like, and something I try to talk when I'm talking to parents who are very nervous and like, you can be nervous, but to your kid, you have to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for you because I know you can do this. It's mm -hmm. this idea of, like, giving them some, like, it's giving them wings within, like, a really confined space, right? right? Like, right. We're a pretty small camp. There's no, there's m max 60 other kids with, like, 
15 and other kids with them. I can do math. It's not that hard. Um, and, you know, we're all together. And it's a great way for kids to kind of, like they're responsible for their own stuff. Sure. Um, the camp counselors will help kind of point them in the right direction, but they're responsible for putting on their sunblock. We'll remind them they're responsible for brushing their own teeth. Again, we'll remind them. But like we want that like our hope is that kids leave camp, like learning some new skill. Maybe that's like how to start a campfire, mm-hmm. how to, you know, and how to safely put those out and or some kind of archery thing or some craft activity. Like we want kids to learn a new skill, but we want for me, most importantly, we want them to have that that confidence in themselves so right. they can ask questions and do things themselves because that's going to help them in their faith life. Like at a certain point, mom and dad aren't going to be directing their faith. Yep, They are going to be directing it. And if they don't have the confidence in little things like brushing teeth and putting away my own clothes and all those like little life skills, then how are the, how are we going to ever ask them to like take the lead on their own faith? Yep. So yeah, and yeah. pass it on to their kids and pass it on to their kids or their friends' kids or you know those other important children in their lives. Like, how will they ever be able to do that if they don't have confidence in the small like yep. everyday life things, right? Which our faith should be part of that everyday life thing. So you said you're an archery expert. Well, not expert, but I am certified. Can you shoot an apple off somebody's forehead? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. I would never. I have no faith in myself that I could do that. Um, but I do hit a bullseye every now and then, and I um, really appreciate it when I get that bullseye in front of the, like, 10, 11-year-old oh, boys yeah. Oh, yeah. because they never think Miss Jen can do it. They're yeah. like, you don't know how to do it. I'm like, okay. And so when I get a bullseye in front of those boys, it's kind of like, oh, she does know what she's talking about. So how about. do you become certified? So I, you, there's classes So you, through the USA Archery Association. Um, so I'm, I'm certified through USA Archery, which is like if I took... And it's t- basically about safety? It's basically about safety, but it's also like teaching them how to properly use their bows um, how to be on the range safely, um, all of those kind of things, how to point and shoot and not break your bow by dry shooting it, which is when you pull it back and then don't actually like release it properly. Um, so yeah, it's all of those pieces. It's a great sport. It is. And it's, it's just funny to me that like, literally if I took two more classes and passed them, I could be someone who trained somebody like Oh. Like to like compete uh-huh. compete uh-huh. for yeah. archery, and I'm like, but I don't want to do that. But yeah, it's the same like trajectory. Like it's the same yeah. courses, and and when I took the class, it was actually the first time I ever shot a bow, and the instructor was like laughing at me. He's like, really? And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't ever go anywhere that I needed it, and I don't, I don't, I must have some point in my childhood. I don't yeah. remember it. Probably in a PE class or something. I mean, and maybe I had, I just had no, yeah, I had no memory of it. And so the first time I took the course, it was just so fun. Like, is it hard um, to learn? No, I don't think so. It's, it's hard to memorize for me, at least it's hard to memorize all of the little parts mm. of the different bows. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's part of what you're tested on. So that part is challenging for me because I don't know. I've reached a point in my life where like, I feel like I'm all full up with some, like sometimes yeah, yeah. like, especially like little minute, you know, pieces of it. So sometimes I, yeah, that, that part can be difficult, but you know, like I, I learned this from father Brian Atienzo when he was a pastor and I was youth minister 
And he said, you know, like we're talking about, we did a challenge of the priest kind of activities like, well, you know, you can ask me these questions, but I always have two resources. And he held up a catechism and a Bible and he's like, I can probably find it in one of these two. Books. Oh, wow. And so I think about that with like most things in life, like, okay, well, I have the archery instruction yeah. instructor book. So if I can't remember, I can just pull open the book. Like, yeah. I don't need to have this all memorized for, you know, and that's the same thing. Like I have the basic skills. I know how to teach it. I like how to help kids, you know, get that, um, to get the bullseye. Like that's part of it is kids just really want to get a bullseye, right? Like sure. they feel like they've accomplished something. And I'm kind of like, just get it on the target somewhere. Sure. Guys. <laughs> um, do, do most of them ha have never shot a bull and arrow most before? Most kids have never shot, yeah. yeah. A few years ago, we had a girl who was a competitive archer at her high school. Mm -hmm. And so when her group was up, she's like, can I just teach them what to do? And I was uh -huh. like, I'll give you the instructions. <laughs> and then, yes, if you want to help everyone make a bullseye. And she did her whole cabin because she helped them, told them, like, you're looking here. Go look here. And because you <laughs> like... And they all made, they all wow. did. And it was great. And I was like, well, this is perfect. Like, if, <laughs> we just need a few more high schoolers. Should hire her. <laughs> I know. I was, she's almost old enough, I think. So hopefully she'll apply. But yeah, I know it was just really funny. She's like, oh, yeah, no, this is what I do. It's This is my sport. I was like, oh, great. So is what makes somebody a good archer? This is why you listen to Bishop's episode. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know, some of those some of those saints were pretty good archers. Um, I I think it's just concentration. Mm -hmm. It really is like it's because all of it is it's all about concentration when you're trying to aim. It's knowing like. I mean, for me, it's difficult. I have astigmatism. So like it's hard to have one eye closed. Yeah, yeah. It's to shoot, which is what you need. Right. And so that for me is a challenge. But it's so I know that I'm always going to be aiming off. So like generally kids are looking at the air, the yellow in a bullseye and try to, and that's where they think they're aiming. But if you actually like look back at where they're actually aiming, they're aiming like down to the left. Mm. So we have to tell them, okay, aim up to the right. Mm. And then they get to the bullseye. And so it's, it's that concentration of like really paying attention to like, you've shot a few arrows. They all went this way. Okay. So that's obviously where I'm aiming. <laughs> Even though when I ask them, they're like, yeah, I'm looking at the yellow. I'm like, mm, you're not. Yeah. And like that. So it's that kind of like and just being like stick to itiveness. Right. Like wow. they can't they can't be willing to give up right the first try. Is it a popular activity? Yeah. Kids love it. Every kid loves it. What's your most popular activity? Aside from that. Um, hmm. Free time activities. Gaga ball. They always want what? to gaga ball. It's a uh, it's actually an Israeli game. Um, and. It's really popular in most camps, and you have a like bouncy ball kind of situation, playground ball, and you have a pit that's called a gaga ball pit, and they try to get each other out by hitting them between the knee and the ankle with the ball, and it is very popular. Wow. It's like a, it's kind of like a dodgeball kind of situation, mm -hmm. um, but you don't throw the ball, you roll the ball. Thank goodness. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then maybe... I mean, tie-dye is really popular for craft. Last year, we got the kids got really into candle making. <laughs> they did the dip candles. And yeah. So we had the older kids really enjoyed that. And then I think the pro oh, I guess the probably the biggest is bead buddies, mm -hmm. which literally they're just making animals out of beads. They yeah. the kids love that. Um, this year we're really excited. We're gonna try to do. We have Adoration Weekly. 
um, and we always do it in the in the chapel. And this year, talking with um, both Father Dean and Father Mar, we're gonna we're gonna move it outside mm. and try to do it under the stars. So I think that will be popular too. I think kids will really like that kind of different experience for them. Um, yeah, and then the overnight is always fun. Kids. They, they kind of dread it when they're getting ready for it because they got to carry a lot of stuff, but they yeah. always have like the best stories when they come back. Right. Is that the one that goes over to Bullard's Bar? They don't go to Bullard's Bar. There's actually campsites much closer, so uh-huh. all about a mile, a mile and a half away from us. Um, Max, the, there's one that's long farther, but we don't really send anyone there anymore. Um, but yeah, they, they enjoy those campsites and doing the overnight. I think it's just... A lot of the experiences, they're nervous and ap- or apprehensive yeah, right, sure, before sure. they go because they've never done whatever. Right. Um, and then when they come back, they like they have a great story. So, so you've got some openings that you need. We to, do. And you also you're taking reservations now for camp, right? Yes. Camp registration opened um, in December. So that is all up there. We have four full weeks of camp. Plus the 4th of July week, we have a mini week for the first half for campers 7 to 17. And then the second half, that second part of that week, the weekend after the 4th of July, we're doing a family camp that weekend. Right. So we've got a lot happening in, in June, July, um, but we are looking for staff. So um, for year round positions, we actually have two that are open. Um, one is just a part time 15 hours or less a week. It's kind of an ad. Um, as needed basis for um, Trinity Pines. And then we have a um, three-quarter time position that's year-round up at Pendola as our um, facility supervisor slash mm-hmm. caretaker. Mm-hmm. So those two positions are available. And, and that person will live there. They will live there, yep, all year. And then the other, we are looking for counselors. We we need about 20 counselors this year, um, boys and girls, male and female, however you want to say that. Um, <laughs> have to be 18. They need to be 18. High school graduate, college students are the like kind of the perfect age, looking for a summer job. Um, they'll be trained for two weeks or a week and a half before camp begins. Um, there is opportunities if they need a week off, that would be, it's probably doable depending on the mm-hmm. week you request, of course. Um, and um, And then there's time after camp where you get to, Stay in camp, hang out with your friends still <laughs> while we're cleaning up and getting ready for the next year. Good. And they're paid. They are paid positions. They are definitely paid positions. And all of that information, the two year-round jobs, plus all of our summer camp openings um, are at pendola.org forward slash employment. And you get all the mac and cheese you can eat. Yeah, you get some <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> There's lots of food that you get to eat, yes. And the leftovers are for staff. So we don't oh, reserve. Good. We re- do not reserve leftovers to campers. We right. only we reserve it in the back fridge for staff to go snack on during their breaks. Very good. So pendola.org. Pendola.org is where you can register and get all the information. Um, registration is open for all those weeks. We each week has a theme, just like we've done in the past, and we've changed up the themes this year. So they are a little different. We're doing a space theme because you know Father sure. Dean. Um, (laughs) we're doing an heiress, um, theme because, well, girls like Taylor Swift. Um, but it's not what the theme is. It's not a theme about her. It's just, we liked the name and we're talking about the eras of camp. Um, but we will do friendship bracelets. So, you know, Oh, good. it could be like a concert. Um, invaders of the night is coming back. 
and oh, and then all, that's going to be our teen week. And then we're also doing, still doing Survivor Week. Oh, good. Yeah. A lot of great stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a P-E-N-D-O-L-A, fun summer. P-E-N-D-O-L-A, Pendola.org, named after the Pendola family who donated it. Yes, correct. Jennifer, always a joy. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, Some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, Countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, you can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of, ministry of Mi- Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures Throughout the year, they're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap get you where you want to go you can uh, contact them get all the details at crumley and associates 7956 california avenue in fair oaks they're at 916-638-4600 that's 916-638-4600 and we uh, are are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. This is James McCormick, President and CEO of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. You're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Great. Yeah. Warren College. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and we're pleased to welcome in Lori Power from our great schools department. Lori, what are you in charge of in schools besides everything? (laughs) Well, um, my title is Director of Academics and Student Events, so that's kind of what I focus on, but we we do a lot. Our team is so great, we just do whatever is needed at any time. So a little bit of everything. I was looking through our... uh, New Catholic Herald and uh, all these. I, I just, I just love the uh, the cover. I want to know who took that photo because you got kids looking at the camera and smiling <laughs> and so paying cute. attention. Yeah, all at uh, uh, St. Patrick's. That beautiful uh, setting, right? The, oh, that school is just beautiful. Oh, it's just, you know, I, I was talking to Julie Sly, the editor, about that, and that that school. I know all our schools create great pride in the community, but there's something about that area of Sacramento, just Catholic, non-Catholic, atheist, who love that school, and and it's such a part of that neighborhood. It is. It's a big part of that community. Everyone yeah. knows it. Yeah. yeah. And they do a lot of wonderful service, the, the school and the Re- Outreach to, yeah, the, to the community. Both yeah. do outreach to the community and, and uh, have a really great reputation. Yeah. So a lot happening in schools uh, this month. Well, we most of our schools are just getting back to you know right now from, well, from it's break. A, it was a weird, you know, Chris, I I still don't know what day of the week it is because having having Christmas on a Monday and Christmas Eve on a Sunday and it threw everybody <laughs> off just and the like, fourth Sunday of Advent being on Christmas Eve. I know that just, just really that didn't make strange. any sense. Right. It you was know, just really the strange. The first Sunday of Advent's always supposed to be right after Thanksgiving, exactly. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, most of our, well all of our schools are back as of today, so that's great yeah. to get everybody back in the you know back in the saddle and uh, we're gearing up towards Catholic Schools Week, which is yep. you know our annual celebration yeah. of our um, Catholic faith in our schools, um, and that starts on January 28th. Um, so we have a whole week-long celebration. Every school does something a little bit differently, but they all focus on um, just the beauty of Catholic education. So, so explain how that works. So it starts on January 28th, which is a Sunday, and all of our schools will have um, a school mass um, during one of the Sunday masses. But right. the the kids. Usually are the cantors and you know the choir sings and they're the lectors and 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 participate fully that way, and then our schools traditionally will have pancake breakfast or something like that, um, but they all have open houses. So mm-hmm. I would really encourage your listeners if they have any interest at all in um, potentially sending their children or grandchildren or neighbors or anyone to Catholic schools, it'd be a great time just to get a feel for it. And um, they could check the school's websites to see what time the, the open houses are. So yeah, probably late morning, early afternoon. Yeah, they're usually yeah. late morning, early. Yes, exactly. Yeah, usually they do like a nine, the nine o'clock mass or the 930 mass. And then it's usually after that. So, you know, 11 to 1230 or 11 to 1 yeah. or 12 to 2 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, Very good. Yeah. And it's just just come. You don't need a reservation. You don't need anything. Just, just come. Just show up. Just show up. Yeah. And um, and many of our schools have you know the seventh and eighth graders giving the tours, which is so great. And yeah. I remember when I was principal and we had our junior high give the tours to all these you know prospective parents, and I had so many parents say, "Oh my gosh, I want our four year old to be just like her when yeah. they're in eighth grade, or just like yeah. him when he's in eighth grade." So it's a really nice way to show off just the beautiful young men and women that we have in our elementary schools. Wonderful. Where were you principal? At St. Francis Elementary oh. in Midtown. Yeah, uh, 
I had a niece and a nephew go there years years ago. My my sister, her kids lived kind of down in the pocket area and and off of Florin. Mm-hmm. And but she worked at Mercy uh, General, uh, not Mercy, uh, uh, Sutter General, just you know almost right there. Yeah. You know, between yeah. Sutter, Sutter's Fort, and St. Francis. Yeah. You know, yeah, all the Midtown, and they they loved it. It's a great school. It's yeah. a wonderful school. There's not a school that's not a great school. That's you know, I honestly, I can say that. And I'm not just saying it because I'm passionate yeah. about Catholic education, but our schools are wonderful um, yeah. from the principals to the teachers to the students to the families, just real communities for sure. Was well, another story in, in uh, the Herald about uh, in, in Red Bluff, you know, 120 years. Mm-hmm. I know. And it, again, it's it's like, there's so much pride in that community about that. And I imagine how small Red Bluff, I was, Red Bluff's not a big place anyway, but 120 years ago, how small Red Bluff must have been. Right, yeah, very small. And um, people there are very proud of that school too. And they, they, really they reach out to many non-Catholics, a lot of mm-hmm. non-Catholics are at the school, and um, just, you know, just proud to be in the community. Yeah. So what's the state of Catholic education now? Well, our enrollment is really strong still. Since COVID, we're really thrilled. We picked to, up during mm-hmm, COVID. We picked up a lot during COVID. Um, our diocese was close to 10% increase, and we have maintained that pretty well. Uh, a lot of the families that are that enrolled, you know, wish they enrolled years prior. Um, yeah. They're very happy, and they've stayed. So that's really great news. We knew once you get them in the door and they get a taste of the you know the secret sauce or whatever you call <laughs> <laughs> they're like wow this is really this is great yeah. yeah 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 so um yeah so catholic schools are you know we're we're just so proud of what we do and and um and that we can speak and share the the real truth and um, the truth doesn't change the truth never changes yeah. but people are often afraid to speak the truth and often afraid to you know do anything that might be uh considered i don't know politically, politically incorrect or yes, whatever yeah. yes i'm trying to be delicate here. yes i know um, yeah so <laughs> you know but we just speak the truth and we do it lovingly and we welcome all and um we're really proud of what we are and who we yeah. are all of god's creation all god's children absolutely yeah. bring the children to me absolutely yeah. or what is it let the children, let the children come, come to me to, well yeah. speaking of that that's a great segue because in two days we have our let the children come to me competition our oh, religion good. competition oh, I so hear about Bob, it. that was perfect thank you <laughs> so you know every year we have uh, was, our religion. i'm thanking the holy yeah, spirit there you go <laughs> we have our annual religion competition for fifth and sixth graders and um and so the winners will be coming on your radio show oh, good. they always love to come in and chat with you and um, I was just telling somebody about how much we enjoy having the, the kids in here. Yeah. Well, the last time you had our speech winners in here, which they're always well, amazing. It, well, yeah. I just, I forget, we had five or six or something. And, and the, the thing that just amazed me was, even though they had basically the same topic, just, we had six different topics. I mean, they, they all had a different take on it yeah. and based on their life experience and the way they saw the world. And, and, and none of them read it. 
I just they just and and there wasn't an um or a er or yeah, it was just they are amazing. They much better than I could ever have been oh, at yeah. that age. I mean, I wouldn't even have done it at that age. I wouldn't have done it either. But, um, uh, this, yeah, but next year because we always have it at St. James. So next year I'll inv- I'll let you know when it is so you can come to like yes. the finals p- portion of it and actually see them in action because That'd be sitting wonderful. here at the desk is very different than them actually competing the day of when you're in the big gym and you're oh, actually yeah. watching them and listening that to them. That would be fun. I yeah, would love to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'll make sure I do that. That'd be great. Do you always have it at St. James? We have it at St. James. It's a perfect location for us, um, you know, with the gym. And then they have the smaller meeting rooms right. there in the parish center. And it's just a nice central location. So our schools from Solano, or our schools from the North State, or yeah. those from, you know, Roseville or um, El Dorado Hills. It's just a nice, easy, you know, right. midway point for everybody. But perfect. we love having it at St. James, yeah. Very good. And they're always very gracious I'll to let us have it. Is it w- usually in this I'm November. Tra- November. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's usually like the first week or so of November. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So oh. I'm already thinking about a top up for next year. So <laughs> Got to be ahead of it. So how do you come up with that? Uh, Holy, the Holy Spirit. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I just start thinking about you know kind of what's relevant in the world, and it's always a faith based topic that I choose. Um, this year we did Catholic social teachings, and uh, last year we did based on um, Blessed Carlo Acutis. Right. And yes, so right. we did that. So whatever I think is kind of relevant, and then I'll look for quotes or look for some kind of theme or something and just kind of start playing with things. Um, we've done quotes by you know, Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, and then, of course, we wrote quotes by some of the famous saints. Um, uh, just kind of whatever is inspiring so if you inspire us i might just come up with one of your quotes bob i don't know well yeah that's great yeah that's great actually yeah so all right i'll I'll mark my calendar so what on a day-to-day but what are your biggest challenges in, in in your role oh gosh um well i wouldn't say challenges but i would say what what kind of um, inspires me is trying to be there to help our schools in whatever what, whatever way we can. So I guess that's a challenge because we can never do enough for them. Right. right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I love what I do. It's thirty-two years I've been working wow. in the diocese. I know it's crazy. You're starting kindergarten. Starting yeah. yeah, I think it was preschool. <laughs> yeah, but um, so it's you know it's it's a it's a blessing and um, and challenges. I'm a very uh, solution-oriented person, so if there's an issue, I try to find a solution. I want to I want to fix it. I th- maybe it's the mom in me. You know, yeah, you just want to yeah. take care of people and fix things and make everything okay and move forward. And that's kind of what I do. So I don't really think about my role as challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, busy, of course, sure. but a lot of a good fun. busy. It's a great busy. Yeah. So how did you get into Catholic education? Well, um, I went to Catholic schools my whole life, and I always knew in this that, area. Um, in San Francisco. I'm mm-hmm. a San Francisco girl. Wow. And uh, married a guy who went to Catholic school his whole <laughs> life. And Did you meet him in Catholic school? No, no. We met on a blind date, actually. Really? Uh-huh. Um, and raised our kids all in Catholic school. And so when our kids, we had three kids very close together. And then when they were, our youngest one was about four, I decided to go back to school and get my credential because I, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so just start. And where did you get your credential? Um, uh, Chapman. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Southern yeah. California. But yeah, but was it was it, on, 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 it, was, it yeah. was here. Well, they had a satellite office right. up here. Yeah. Um, and, um, 
Yeah, and became teacher right away in the Catholic schools where my kids were going. Catholic and school was mm-hmm. your first choice. Oh, always, yeah. Mm-hmm. always. Yeah, I knew I might be. Our kids were already going to Catholic school, and yeah. I just jumped right in there when an opening opened, and never looked back. That was way back when. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And was that here? That was at Holy Spirit in Fairfield. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another, so another great, another great school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were there seventeen years, and then. Um, principal up here and then have been here in my position in the, in the pastoral center um, for 13 years. Okay. So, so do, do you ever have people approach and say, we would like a Catholic school in our community or our parish, or, or does that usually originate at the past parish level? I guess it doesn't happen very much anymore. It doesn't happen very much anymore. Um, what we did during COVID, because we had some, some people reach out to us and want to have some kind of Catholic education through their parishes, we did. We have our online, right. our Blessed Sacrament um, Academy, which is our online program. But other than that, we have some homeschool programs that like to be, want to be a little bit more um, form, formal through the, the parish that they're working right. in, in, in the rural parishes. But we don't really deal with that at all. That goes yeah. through upstairs at the bishop's office yeah. if there's anything that has to do with that. Um, yeah, we don't. We we really haven't had any requests lately as yeah. far as opening a brand new school somewhere. The Blessed uh, Sacrament Academy is that still ongoing, and it it, is. how has that worked mm-hmm. out? Um, it it started off with a bang, mm-hmm. and because we had a lot of families who didn't want to, who wanted sure. to keep their kids home, but right. they wanted a Catholic education, and now. The majority of those kids are back They're in back the in school. seats. They're back in the school, but we do have some who still. I like think the about idea. people in the extreme north state or other other areas that they, it's just too far to right. go to a Catholic right. school. Yeah, they they, you know, there are a handful of people that are still using it and and enjoy it and find it very, you know, relevant for what they need. And um, do you have teachers assigned full time to that, or it's not through us. We do it through Catholic Virtual, which okay. is a national program. And that's um, out of Notre Dame or it's not out of Notre Dame, but it's in the, from the East coast. Okay. I think, I don't know where Boston, I don't know. I'm could be, I don't know. Um, but they have all credential teachers. They do everything. Basically we just run it through them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is, is that's an interesting model. I would think. Yeah. I, I guess it's been very successful for them. Um, so they, because they're still going strong. So, so, in Catholic education in general, what are what are the challenges? Well, of course, always cost, right? We there's just that fine balance, that delicate line between charging to tui- enough tuition so that we're you know not in the red, right? right. Um, but we always want to be mindful that we would never want to become an entitled school or an right. elite school. Right. We want to be able to be as you know, prudent with our resources as possible. So I would say that's a, that's a big challenge for our schools, um, wanting to make sure that their tuition is always at a, a cost that people can afford. Right. And if not, to be able to have the financial aid to be able to support right. those families that right. desire Catholic education. So that's, that's a, I think, a big challenge for sure. Um, Secondly, you know, we, we would love to be able to pay our teachers and our principals even, you know, more than, than what they make. Um, they're at about 10% of what the public school teachers uh-huh. are, um, which is more than there were a few years ago. We right, really worked right. hard for the last like, five years. That's to getting to get pretty close. Yeah. It is getting close. We would love to pay them what their public school counterparts are sure. being paid. 
And but to do that, we know we'd have to raise tuition. And yep. then we lose families who who desire the Catholic education but can't then afford yep. to go anymore. So, you know, we have a lot of people, a lot of parents will often say, you know, we should pay our teachers more. We're like, yes, we should, but if we do that, then we lose families. Then and you that's lose not family. yeah, it's a real push pull. It is, it yeah. is a push pull. So that's I, I think that's the biggest um, challenge in our schools for sure to keep keep the costs appropriate um, because our principals are great stewards of the tw- of the money mm-hmm. for sure, but it's just difficult. I remember reading oh it was ten years or so ago about there was a parish in Pennsylvania that from the day their school started it was tuition free and the parish you know provided for it you know obviously the parishioners mm-hmm. provided for it. Um, but, and it just became such a point of pride that they just refused to let it go. Even though the whole diocese didn't have that model, that one parish did, but it started that way. And it's easier, it's, it's easier when it starts that way. It, it, for sure it is. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. What you need is a couple of billionaires to move in and say, this is so important. Wouldn't that be so nice? We do have some, our schools, a lot of our schools have very generous donors, you know, know, alum who who come through who are so appreciative and grateful of of the education they've received. Um, You know, grandparents, we have just lots of people who do that, but, but we don't have any of those, you know, millionaire billionaires saying, here you go. That would be lovely. Yeah. Well, you never know. You never, you never know. know. But the the interesting thing is, and I I just I, I I try to do the math, and I it's it boggles the mind when you look at uh, like the facilities are first rate, the education's first rate, uh, and you get into the high schools and you're talking about laboratories and all this stuff, all this science that that you're able to do it with less. Than the than I mean I I forget what I saw it was fifteen thousand to educate a student is that what the public schools in California about, yeah about, about four, 14, 14, 14, yeah. 15,000, right yeah. right and, and we I charge think, about six thousand yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's mind boggling it is mind boggling if we could charge not that we would I don't want anybody to think that we're going to charge yeah. for it yeah. but if we could you know charge. Ten thousand per yeah. student. Oh my gosh, what we could do with that! Yeah. Um, but we would never do. We just will never do that. When right. we're, it, and it's because we are just so prudent with our resources. When I say we, our principals are so prudent right. with their resources that, that they have. Yeah. So, is there much differentiation between, say, in, at the elementary level, between one school and another in terms of emphasis and things like that? Is, is most of it run at the at the school level or or through the diocese? Most is run through the diocese, but um, we give them the each school the autonomy to to have their own charism or to do you know they all have their own little niche and we want that because right. every school is different. If if you were to walk on any campus, you'd be like, oh, I get the feel for this at this one, right? Um, or I get the feel for this this one at this one. Um, but some of our schools have special niches, like we have our um, dual language school at Saint Philomene, which is great. It's you know the right. half half. This of uh, the day is in Spanish, half the day is in English, and that's an incredible program. So that there are only DLI program that we have, um, and then other schools have you know certain charisms that they really speak to. Um, it, it just it just all depends. How's yeah. the dual language working out? Great, great. It, it's amazing. I was there in the spring. Our superintendent and I went for a visit in the spring, and we were in a 
fourth, I think it was a third grade or fourth grade class. And um, it was a English re- a reading class, but it was all in Spanish. Hmm. And um, the teacher was asking questions and the kids were responding in Spanish. And, and these are like a lot of kids who aren't Spanish speakers at mm-hmm. home. So mm-hmm. they've all, they just have learned this since being at St. Philomene. So it was, we were just blown away by what they were doing. Pretty amazing. And why did you start that program? Was there um, a demand for it, or? Well, there. W- I w- I'm not sure if it was a demand. We just wanted to be able to offer this because we know we know that span being able to speak Spanish um, is such an important gift to our students and to families. Um, and with the DLI, you know, they say by fifth grade you start in TK, you're you're fluent. Yeah. Fifth, yeah. You know, writing in writing too, writing wow. it and you know reading. Um, conversational and all that. So we just felt like it was a gift to be able to offer this type of a program to families that want it. Boy, that's great. Yeah. So we've only got a couple of minutes, but I I tell the story and I hope I have it accurate, but I think it's worth telling when you folks found out with COVID. Four years ago almost. Was it four? It's almost four years ago. I I know my, my youngest son, who is now a freshman in college, he, when he he was first went in person to high school, he said he was a junior. He said I, that's the first day I've set my foot on the high school campus, and I'm a junior. That's crazy. And he says, and the seniors were fresh. You know, it was like so crazy. It just was so crazy. But you folks found out on Friday the thirteenth of Mar- March, March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Yep. And by Monday. It's like the Sisters of Murphy's coming here in the 1850s, getting a school started. I think they came up on a Friday, and we're open on Monday, too. We opened on how Monday, did, how did, yeah. What went into that? Well, it seems like such a blur and kind of like I, like a science fiction. It like had a nightmare. to be a blur. Yeah, it was a blur. It was a complete blur. We just tried to put whatever resources we could um, online for schools to be able to grab and start. And the te- – I mean – the Catholic school department had a little bar. We kind of were the 30,000 foot level. Yeah. The principals and the teachers. Oh my gosh. I mean that whole weekend they just worked and Monday morning they were online with the kids um, in Google classrooms and, you know, zooming and all this. It was, it was amazing. They never lost a beat. And with a lot of our public schools went weeks. Oh yeah. Months without anything. So we just got, just stayed right on it. And our, our teachers are rock stars. Well, yeah. Was it was a sense that this is just going to be a week or two, or what was the sense yeah, initially? Well, it's funny because when I remember this so well, um, our superintendent at the time, Lincoln, and I went upstairs to Bishop's office because we wanted to ask for a week off of uh-huh. no school. Just, like, yeah. we, 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 can we just not have school this next week? We're going to try to do some online, and thinking it was just going to be for a week. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> Naive. Um, and Bishop said. Uh, that's absolutely fine, but let's do two weeks. Let's give it mm-hmm. two weeks because I think that it's going to be longer than a week. Right. And, we're like, and I was like, wow, two weeks. Okay, that's a lot. That's a long time not to be in school, but yeah. okay. So we got the email out We went to all the principals like at 2 o'clock on that Friday afternoon or 1 o'clock, so we wanted to make sure the kids were able to go home with their books and the whole thing. And then, you know, <laughs> two weeks turned into... And who's, who's, oh whose idea gosh. was it to... to uh, Let's get it back by Monday. Oh, well, Lincoln, but we all Lincoln, were. We we're yeah. like, we've got it. We're, we're not missing a. We're not yeah. missing a beat. The kids aren't going to be in their seats in in 
on campus, but they're going to be in their seats at home where we're yeah. going to figure this out and start. You know. And how, lo how long were you uh, not in person? So for the rest of that Just spring. the rest of the year, mm -hmm. so a so couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. And then we two, started up right where we were one of the f very few systems that started back in August. We were back Almost in the Almost only, yeah. Um, not for junior high. We were not allowed to do junior high because we had to follow the recommendations right. of the state. Um, so once we were able to get the junior high, and that was probably early October, but we were we were in for TK through 6th um, right in August with wow. the masks and the... You know the hand washing stations outside of every classroom. Different ways to get into the oh school. Oh my gosh! And we and had lunch six feet and, yeah. apart lines all over this. You know the yeah. floors and everybody wearing that. a bag over their head. All of that. <laughs> oh my gosh! All of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was a very scary time for everybody. People were. You know, people had people. People knew every, people who were sick, who had died, who were dying, who were in the ICU, or who couldn't get a yeah. you know, a bed anywhere in the hospital, and it was very. It was scary, a scary time. Horrible, horrible time. But, yeah. you know, the thing that was so good about what the diocese did, too, is because you're dealing with, what, 11 different county health departments. Mm -hmm. You followed all the rules. We had to. You had to. Yeah. And we had parents, as it, as it went on, parents were upset with us about, you know, sure. masks or not masks or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And we just kept saying, if we want our schools open, we have to follow what the right. you know, what the state CDPH is saying because or else we, we'll get closed down. Exactly. So. You can, you know, bemoan all you want, yeah. but we have to follow have this to, to yeah. stay open. So yeah. um, parents understood that, and they were very grateful. Yeah. yeah. So Catholic Schools Week. January uh, 28th. Sunday. Mm -hmm. Starts then. Mm -hmm. Open house on Sunday. Yep. And then all that week. Yeah. Lori, always a, always a pleasure. See thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks nice to see you. you. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. Inside of me, I feel your spirit is moving around me. I hear your voice, you're calling me closer. I know that you're here. you win.